Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. Have you ever been asked to uh, follow along with a plan that you've never seen before? You know, you're just, you're asked to come in and be excited about it and, and put all your energy in it and dump all your skills into it and do the best you can. I mean, give it all you got. But you realize you're only so many feet down the road maybe just down the path, when it strikes you that you're not going the same direction as the rest of the team. In fact, what you believed they expected of you and what they actually expected of you are two totally different things. And when you're asked to see the original plan, they don't have one. If you've ever been in that spot before, you're gonna to wanna to pay attention to this particular episode of Leading Leaders. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and I've been there before. I've been in that spot where somewhere down the road, we realized that the original plan that we started with, or what we thought was a plan, and where we are right now today, they don't seem to have a whole lot of relationship. And it's challenging enough when you're a team player, when you're in the middle of the pack or even further down the road, down the, the hierarchy or down the ladder than that team that's making all the decisions. But even if you're in the team that's making all the decisions, if you're a leader in the, say, top five of a company, and four out of five of you don't agree on the long-term direction of the company, you don't have any idea where you're going. You just know that there are tasks to be done today, things that have to be done today, and if, if those get out of order, then it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a train wreck. And because you take some responsibility being in the top five in the company, you feel like maybe you should ride herd on that problem just a little bit, maybe get people on board a little bit more with the strategic objectives as you see them. Get them to follow the plan that you're working on. And so you go to the mid-level people, the middle of the pack, and you say, listen, here's, here's what I'm working on. This is why this project is so important, and, and I want you to follow along with what I'm doing here and, and take some of these same steps that I'm taking. And you realize not too far in that the rest of the leadership team are looking at you like you've gone rogue. They're thinking, why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you pushing these people to, to accomplish these tasks or to complete these assignments that we don't agree with? See, the real problem is that the, the leadership hasn't set a vision that everyone understands and can clearly see. Now, you've heard me say a thousand times, the leadership is responsible for clearly articulating the vision. I did a two-day workshop. That's why I wasn't in the studio the last couple of episodes, but I did a two-day workshop this weekend, or this last weekend. One of the things that I asked them early on was, without comparing notes with each other, write down your vision of this organization as you see it. When they were done with that, I said, write down your vision of yourself within this organization and how you see your own contribution to the success of the organization. You would be amazed how drastically different, and this is the executive team. 
you'd be amazed how drastically different their view of the organization was. Well, when we were done, after we'd finished two days of workshop and we went back to recover those vision statements and incorporate them into the storytelling process that I had just trained them on, that was the first time I heard their visions read out loud. And the sad part was, not one of them was a vision statement. Not one of them. They had some clumsy mission statements. They had a little bit of a purpose statement. Some of them could have been restated as strategic object objectives. I don't know why that word is hard for me today. But they were more like strategic objectives than they were like mission statements. And by that, I mean, you couldn't see the beginning or the end of what they were talking about. They, they had some some things they wanted to accomplish, like a bullet point list of things that must be done, a laundry list, if you will. But there was no way to envision it as it was successfully completed. Now, part of the challenge with the vision statement is that it should be enough of a glimpse of an image that you could see it when you come up on it. You've heard me talk about the old country song, Paint Me a Birmingham. And in the lyrics to that song, he describes a very specific place. It's a word picture, and it's a well-done word picture. Through the chorus and the bridge and the second verse, he gives some really strong imagery. And if you were to pass it on the highway, you would think to yourself, that's Birmingham. Maybe not the real Birmingham, Alabama, or Birmingham in any other state, but that's the Birmingham he talked about in that picture because the picture was so clear well-designed, well-defined, and well-articulated. That's a story. It has a place to be. It asks you to do something, to take some action. There's a beginning as he starts the painting. There's an ending as he looks at the painting and says, that's exactly where I want to be. That's a powerful, powerful vision. And all of our visions for the organization that we lead, for the people that we lead and influence and inspire, all of those should be as clear and as clearly articulated. In my opinion, and I'm sure there are dozens of people out there who've written books and programs and, and projects and workshops on creating a vision for your life. I, I've read many of them. And the ones that seem the most powerful and the most productive are the ones that sound like a story. And it sounds like you're in the middle of that story as you're drawing the picture. Jack Hanfield talks about if you want to own a, a fancy car, he says, don't just picture the car. Don't just picture the car sitting in the, red, in the parking lot. Maybe it's a red convertible. That's a nice thing. But picture yourself driving down the, the highway of your dreams. Maybe it's the mountains of Colorado or the mountains of Tennessee or along the beach in, in California. Maybe it's up Pacific Coast Highway. But don't just picture the car sitting still. Picture the car in motion. Describe that vision, what you see, what you smell, what you hear, what you taste, what you're thinking, how you feel emotionally. When your story of your vision is that complete, it evokes in others those same sights, sounds, smells, and feelings. When it does, if you've chosen a wise vision to articulate to those that you're leading, it should motivate them in the same way that it motivates you. They should be able to see it when it comes to its fruition. They should be able to spot it from a mile away and go, 
That's the vision of the company. I see it. I feel it. Man, it's, we're so close. It's so exciting. And if you've well-crafted that vision statement and you've told that story so many times that others can repeat it, chances are everybody on your team has contributed something significant to get you there. And because that's true, they also have some significant celebration that they want to do with you. These are all very important factors to creating, establishing, communicating the vision. But if you're not willing to see it as a story, to tell it as a story, I, I feel the energy thriving through me as I'm driving my red convertible down the Pacific Coast Highway. I can smell the sea salt in the air. I can hear the seagulls even as I slow to turn a corner and the wind is not as loud in my ear. The music is pumping and, and the exhilaration is driving through me. That's the kind of picture you want to paint. I, I see a thousand customers being served by what we're doing. Uh, Pete Vargas talks about, and he wants to have a hundred million, uh, I think he said a hundred million customers on a million stages, delivering a million messages all over the world. I don't remember those numbers exactly, but he sees a crowd of people doing exactly what he's doing, training them to be great at what they do. That's a very important aspect of developing your vision. It should be so thorough and so complete that when you finish drawing the word picture, everybody can see it. So that when their reticular activating system in their brain meets the real world of that vision, the two come together and they're like, I'm, we've arrived, we're finally here. Now, don't set a goal and a vision that's so small that you could reach it tomorrow. In fact, it's best if your vision develops itself in stages so that as you describe your vision now, it's far enough down the road, but there are markers along the way. I, I want to see a million people do X, but by the end of next year or within five years, I want to see a hundred thousand. By the end of this year, I want to see 10,000. And when you get to the end of this year and there's 10,000 people on board doing what you're doing, you know, you're well on your way to the million. Your vision is so clear that as you tell the story about it, Everybody gets it. <clears throat> if you haven't taken the time to craft the vision that sounds like that, then leading other people to it is going to be really, really hard. I want to challenge you to take the time to do that. Craft that vision. If you haven't been to a vision workshop, get to a vision workshop. If you need one, you can download one right off my website. Go to jlaurenorris.com resources and you'll find the Insuperable Vision Workshop. It's an audio download with a couple of worksheets. You can get it right there on the website. If you haven't done a vision workshop, do a vision workshop. If you have done a vision workshop and when you write out your vision, it sounds like a mission statement or a laundry list or a recipe or a menu and it doesn't sound like a story, it's going to be really hard to sell that to other people. It's also going to be very hard for other people to retell that vision. Your brand isn't just what you tell everybody it is. Your brand is what everybody else says about you when you walk out of the room. If you want your vision statement to be synonymous with your brand, you need to have a vision statement that's easy enough to repeat, that's easy enough to see and to feel, that people can feel like I'm part of this. I want to see this happen too. I'm as excited about this vision and my role in it as anybody else. When those things are all true, when you're all moving in the same direction, you're rowing the boat the same way, that's going to make an enormous difference in the speed to success and the surety of it. But a mission statement that sounds like bullet points, 
a mission statement that sounds like a recipe, those are mission statements or strategic objectives only. They are not vision statements. Take the time to craft a story that describes your vision as you arrive at it. Keep it firmly planted in your mind. Make it clear for everybody else to see and make it clear enough and simple enough and exciting enough that everybody in your organization wants to repeat it over and over again until they're so sick of saying it that everybody in the public is now repeating it. Now you've got a mission statement that can be supported by a powerful vision statement. Now you can build a strategic objective that's supported by the mission statement, that's supported by a vision statement that everybody in the world knows and clearly understands. That's up to the leadership to craft it. Not just one person, but at least the top four or five in the executive team to be able to come together and say, I agree that we should reach that goal. We can reach that goal. And if we do the right things, we will reach that goal. We can see that destination together. Once your team has agreed on that, just keep telling that story. It will change the way you operate. It will change the level of energy in your organization, and it will change the likelihood that you'll get there together. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. Hi, my name is Christina Knowles, and I just got done taking Jay Lauren's Story Power Masterclass. It was amazing. I took away so much information. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed being formally trained in media many, many years ago is the call to action. I will use that with every speaking engagement, and I'm so grateful that Lauren just um, spoke truth into his teachings, and he is a true professional. And I know this might sound weird, but I've been taking certifications in different classes over the years, and Lauren is not boring. I can't even believe I got here at nine, and then the class went by so fast that I was like, it's time to go already? And I was shocked that it was time to go already. So it's an awesome class. You're going to enjoy it, I promise. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time.